Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys and gals, welcome in, welcome back. We have a Notre Dame football victory to talk about, and it was a sweet one. I know it's been a few days, and you probably listened to a bunch of other podcasts, but guess what? We're going to run it back, and we're going to have some fun today. That's what, that's what we're going to do. It's all about having fun. Just nothing but fun today. We got a bye week coming up. And then the next game, I'll be in South Bend enjoying the game with Joe at Fighting Irish Faithful. But this was, uh, this whole thing was awesome. <laughs> Saturday was awesome. It was, it was so awesome that like I didn't even get a chance to take notes because it got out of control really quickly, and I was there for it. So, we got a winning edition of the 5 for nothing, 100 nothing podcast to talk about. A 48-20 to 20 winning edition. So, what that tells me is we made Saturday count. You know what that means. Go to saturdayscount.com. Enter the promo code ND5. You get a t-shirt and you get one free. You cannot beat it. Only so many Saturdays make them count. And I am working with the guys to get a a promo, like a little giveaway thing. The details are being finalized. But I'm going to do some sort of giveaway for the pit game that I will be at. Figure if I'm going to be there, I will be giving it away at the game. Clear that up right now. It'll be uh, a giveaway, but centered around details of the pit game. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but before I get into the jo- enjoyment that was Notre Dame versus FUSC, we got to talk about the rest of college football, because that's what I always start off with. We're going to do some not top 25 stuff, because there were some wild games that preceded Saturday. First one was on Thursday, if you guys didn't catch it. Houston versus West Virginia. Sheesh, as my son would say. <laughs> my, my 10-year-old son is sheesh. Yeah. Houston, West Virginia. The final was 41-39. to If you did not catch this game, I am so sorry. Houston's winning. West Virginia goes down. Scores a touchdown with 
not very much time left. In fact, I got to get the details accurate, okay? I can't I can't give this to you without the the specifics because I'm not going to be able to do it justice. I won't be able to do the details justice. So let's see. The final is 41-39. All right. West Virginia is down 35-32. They get the ball back with a minute 17 left in the game at their own 12-yard line. Okay. Minute 17, own 12. Three points ties the game. Seven. Feels like it's going to win the game. So they're moving down the field. They're moving down the field. And then fourth and 10 at the 50 with, uh, I don't even know what, what how much time was left when the play started, but it, I don't think it matters. Fourth and 10 from the 50. Houston scores a touchdown, and the touchdown is scored with 12 seconds left in the game. So, Houston goes up 39, excuse me, West Virginia. (laughs) I don't know if I said Houston, I apologize. (laughs) West Virginia goes up 39-35 with 12 seconds left. Now, you would think that's good enough to, to get a victory. But what happened was West Virginia got a little too excited. And got some uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. But uh, you can only enforce one of them. But several players took off their helmets. They did this, that, and the other. Long story short, they got a kickoff from wherever they kick off from after those types of penalties. Uh, which I forget. Is it the 25, I believe? Or the 20? Either way, Houston is left with Seven seconds on the clock. And they have to go. They got to score a touchdown now. They're down four points. Field goal is no good. So they have seven seconds and they have the ball at their own 43. Boom, quick pass. They move the ball to the West Virginia 49. So you got 49 yards and one play. And if you haven't seen the play, Please go check it out because Stephon Johnson catches a ball that was, I guess, attempted to be batted down by Houston, by West Virginia, and then Houston comes up with it. Oh, it was crazy. I When you don't have a dog in the fight, that's an awesome finish. That's exciting. That was crazy. I didn't even care who won. Wasn't No dog in the fight whatsoever. Wild, wild finish. Uh, that's dude, that's j- jump ball Hail Mary 101. Do not let that ball go back up in the air. And West Virginia did, and West Virginia lost. So that's how we started the college football weekend on a Thursday night with a Hail Mary ridiculous finish. And then you're thinking, wow, can it get crazier? Oh, you, you bet your ass it can get crazier. Because Colorado still had to play on Friday night. Dude, we, we saw that one, guys, right? We know what happened? If you didn't, let me fill you in. Because I, I am totally on board. The I, I want... I like seeing Colorado win a few games. Because you knew it wasn't sustainable. You knew it wasn't. And 
they are crashing back to earth. And they did it in epic fashion. Because it's one thing to lose to Stanford. We're way too familiar with that when Stanford's not a good football team. When Stanford's one and four, and you're four and two, and you're Kyle freaking Rado doing all your fancy whatever prime stuff, you would think, how big of a challenge is Stanford? And you would think, when you go up 29 nothing at the half, that this one's in the bag. In fact, Shador Sanders thought it was so in the bag that he put on, I believe it was Instagram, like he posted like a link to buy merch. And he was marketing. He was advertising during the half of 29 nothing. Here's the thing about football. Uh, there's two halves in every football game. And you got to win both of them. Can't just win the first one. So if you didn't see, Colorado blew that 29 nothing lead. Ended up losing in double overtime, 46-43 to Stanford. And the process allowed a Stanford receiver to have 13 catches, 294 yards, and three touchdowns. That's crazy. But that that game, I, I stayed up. I watched it because well, I got the notification. Like, I wasn't watching it when it was 20 nothing. And then you get a notification like, hey, Stanford's coming back. I was like, well, let me check this out. And did they come back? That was that was awesome. So you get a Hail Mary, bounce the ball around Thursday. You get Colorado pissing down their leg on Friday. Then we jumped to Saturday and there were there was some good stuff. Uh well, there was some great stuff. But for everyone else. Not Notre Dame. There was some good stuff. Uh, Alabama held on to beat Arkansas. Alabama was kind of dominating. Arkansas came back, but they get the win. I, I just I want to see Alabama. I, I want to see LSU fail. I want to see Alabama fail because you can't tell me that Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese were the were the best things at Notre Dame, and I want that to to hold true. It's what it is. You can love it, you can hate it, whatever. Alabama holds on, they still win. <clears throat> but another team that a lot of people don't like, mainly because of their head coach, uh, the Texas A&M Aggies and Jimbo Fisher, they lost to Tennessee. Now, I'm only bringing this game up because, I mean, 20-13, to 13, Tennessee, A&M, like whatever, right? A&M is now 4-3. and three. And I was curious. Because I feel like Jimbo hasn't done a whole heck of a lot down there in, or up there in College Station. Now we we open up next year at A and M in College Station. So I was curious to see what has he really done at A and M to warrant the money he's being paid and all the hoopla and da 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 da. He had that one recruiting class. Whoopie do. So here's the deal. He's four and three. Their A&M is 4-3. Remaining schedule is South Carolina. Eh, you know, you never know. Ole Miss, who's actually playing really good football this year. Mississippi State, 
eh. And then your traditional game before the last game, uh, bye week, but you still got to play a game, SEC schedule, A&M has Abilene Christian, and they conclude with LSU. Now, A&M and LSU cannot lose that football game. So it would be... It would be hilarious if LSU lost to this A&M team. Because, I just told you, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Abilene, Christian, LSU. Whether LSU beats A&M or not, I'm pretty sure A&M's going to have another four-loss season. Now, what does that mean? That means that every season except 2020 that Jimbo Fisher has been at A&M, which is 2018. So, 18, 19, skipping 20, 21, 22. Four out of his five seasons, he's had at least four losses. Why is he so regarded as this great, wonderful coach? I get the first year, the second year, okay. Well, then third year's COVID year, 2020, they go 9-1. and one, Should have been in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But they got absolutely housed by Alabama. So did we. So did everybody else. <laughs> but uh, I don't get the A&M love. Uh, Jimbo Love that he got paid all his money and A&M's back and they're going to figure it out. Four losses again. Here we go. But it would be sweet if they lost to like Ole Miss, got to that fourth loss and then beat LSU at the end because A&M could very easily have five losses. And he's done, uh, Jimbo's done that I think three times or that would be his third time he's done that at a and I just, Interesting. Uh, speaking of LSU, they blew the doors off of Auburn. Uh, like ACC, if you want to look at some ACC stuff, North Carolina beat Miami. Miami is still confirmed, not back. Um, Duke, without Riley Leonard, put it to North Carolina State 124-3. But a game that did not go the way... I feel like we would have liked it to go, but at the same time, our season's kind of over in terms of college football playoffs. So does it matter? I don't know. But Pitt beat Louisville, and it wasn't particularly close. They beat it by 17. So it's kind of funny. Louisville put all their eggs in the Notre Dame game basket and then came short against Pitt. Let's hope we don't do that. We got a bye week. We just put it to USC. Can't let Pitt come in and play play any type of spoiler. Not to say that we have this great opportunity in front of us, but I think ten and two New Year six is important, and we should be focusing on that. But the last two games I'm going to talk about for the college football slate, and then we'll jump into Notre Dame USC. I'm going to save the best game for last, but I'm going to squeeze in one particular game because it is funny how it what this one game will lead into the game of the week. Iowa played Wisconsin on Saturday. The final of that score was 15-6. to six. The over-under was 33. And they were still a touchdown and a half away from that. Like... That's, well, well, no, it's a lie. It's two touchdowns. I mean, because I'm not counting the extra point. So don't count the extra point. They're two touchdowns away from hitting the over-under. 
15 to 6. Iowa had 237 total yards of offense, 37 yards passing on 6 of 14. I know what you're thinking. Well, it's probably like the Notre Dame game where Notre Dame didn't have a ton of offense, but they had five turnovers and a bunch of short fields, and it, it adds up, right? Uh, negative. Uh, Iowa only forced two turnovers, and they only obtained three points off of those turnovers. What they did have, though, was a safety because, I mean, their defense is their offense. It's hilarious. Iowa is so just, like, what is that? Like, there was a, a a post that went around, and it was, you know, Iowa the Iowa offensive experience where there's a lady who's, like, nervous, ooh, on first down, second down, she's kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? Second, oh, God. And then third down, she's like, oh, please, please. And then fourth down, punts, yay! <laughs> that is their offense. And you think I'm kidding. I know you. You know I'm not kidding, but you have to, guys, you got to hear this drive chart. I I looked it up because I was like, all right, 15 to 6, offense, like 237 yards. You saw that stuff, but let's look specifically at the drive chart, play by play. Now, I'm not going to, if it's Iowa, it's constant, I don't care, whoever it is. This is what you witnessed if you went to the Iowa-Wisconsin game. Hold on to your seats. Here we go. Punt. Downs. Downs. Punt. 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 Touchdown! Punt. 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 End of half. Start of third quarter. Field goal! Punt, field goal, punt, punt, field goal, safety, punt, 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 fumble, oh no, field goal, (laughs) interception, end of game. What an experience that was. I mean, I I got, let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. 18 punts. I mean, if your kicker is not sore after that experience, I don't know what to tell you. Iowa had 10 of those punts, so that means Wisconsin had 8 of them. That's... uh, That's special. So, you watch that game. 15-6, to 18 punts. No offense at all. Those two teams combined for 569 yards. That's what they combined for, 569. And the game of the week? Guess what, the fun, the, guess what game of the week was? Oregon, Washington. Because if you didn't watch that game, I don't know what you were doing pre-Notre Dame. That game... Had everything, and everything it had, <clears throat> going forward on fourth. It had f- uh, high flying offense. It had just so many things um, to the point where Oregon had five hundred and forty one yards of offense by themselves. Iowa and Wisconsin combined for five sixty nine. 
like one more possession, Oregon is eclipsing Iowa and Wisconsin combined. And it's funny because somebody put out on Twitter that there's no way Iowa and Wisconsin are playing the same game as Oregon and Washington. It can't be the same sport. Like, there's no way that's the same sport. <laughs> uh, but the, the Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, Washington, uh, Oregon game was pretty crazy if you watched it. A lot of questionable decisions, but when you're scoring points like that, I mean, they had a, a series, a sequence, where the two of them, uh, they had six consecutive possessions of touchdowns. Like, they rotated back and forth. The score went from 0-0 to 22 to 18, like that, in six possessions in the game. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They 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 covered the uh, Wisconsin-Iowa over in six possessions. Crazy. But then you get end-of-half stuff where Oregon is trying to get cute and screws themselves out of points. Those three points... I'd argue they're kind of important when you lose 36-33. But that's what the game was. It was aggressive. It was turnovers on downs. But because, like, I don't know how you have a turnover on downs in Iowa, Wisconsin. Just punt. They're not going to move the ball. You're going to get it back. But maybe it was also like, we may never get this close again. we got to go for it. I don't know. But Oregon, Washington, like, if we give this ball back to them, they're going to score. we got to try to score. But that was a just a fun game to watch again with no dog in the fight. Fun game. I was rooting for Oregon though. My grandfather went there. I was rooting for Oregon, but uh, you know, grand scheme of things, no dog in the fight. Fun to watch. Then we get to the main event, and the main event being Notre Dame. Versus USC. And we know it was the main event for us, but if you've been listening to national media and seeing different things, it was the main event for a lot of college football in terms of the nightcap. And what a what a game it was. Like uh, how awesome. Like how awesome was that? I mean, I got to play the, the Notre Dame Victory March to to bring this episode in. You know, you got your your normal, we're going to play a little flogging molly. But then, boom, hit you with the fight song, because go Irish. But so, so I had a, a fairly relaxing Saturday, all things considered. I got to watch both my boys play football. They had They did their thing. Then I'm home in time, watch all of Washington, Oregon, just chilling, and, you know, getting ready, got to do my Irish car bomb. <clears throat> Kickoff's about to happen. My uh, wife decided she's going to run some errands because she could tell that I was getting very, very hyped for this game because fuck USC. So she's like, oh, you know what, we're going to run to the store and we'll, we'll come back because in the beginning is when you're the most excited, right? Just every play. And in some games, it's last all day, but... Anyway, I'm saying all that to say, like, I'm just going to watch the beginning of this game before I start taking notes and writing stuff down. Well, guess what? I didn't end up writing anything down during the game because four plays in, 
interception. Thank you, Caleb Williams. Thank you, defensive line. Thank you, Xavier Watts, for showing up on Saturday. Immediately. Immediately. Pressure on him like that. And forces the pick. And we go 12 yards. And we're, we're going to talk about some of the uh, offensive stuff, too. I, I don't want to talk about the negative, so maybe I'll make it, you know, put it in the middle somewhere. Because uh, the, the offense was not what we had hoped it would be against a not-so-great defense. But the defense came to play. You get the, the Watts pick. Immediately, 7 nothing. Go Irish. We are off and running. And it never fucking stopped. I mean, coming into the game, we we also, like, I thought, like, 38-34. Notre Dame's defense is good enough. I mean, hell, we came into the game uh, from a yardage perspective, and even from a points-per-game perspective, a top 10, top 15 defense. But you still felt like, okay, USC, Caleb Williams, we know what they did last year, we know what he can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to stop them just enough. And their defense is so piss poor. We've seen what Hartman can do against crappy defenses. 38-34. And then none of those things happened. Now, it wasn't like I was wrong. But not wrong like Louisville wrong. So I'll take it. That's not how I expected this game to go at all. And find me the person that said, Notre Dame's defense is going to just absolutely run through USC and sack Caleb Williams and force interceptions and force fumbles. And everybody's going to contribute. I don't think anybody was thinking that. Because... You come out of the game and Caleb Williams went 23 of 37 for 199. Like, that's not good. Uh, what is that completion percentage-wise? 62%. That's not terrible, but that's below what he's been doing. For less than 200 yards, one touchdown, three picks, and then... They had a respectable run game. Not on Saturday, they didn't. 2.8 yards a carry, 103 total yards. No, 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 no. They they couldn't do anything against us. You know, that, and it did start off slow. I mean, we I felt like we had opportunities. We were immediately score. Then we forced them to punt. And then we come right back and for, punt. Uh exchange field goals then it just it turned okay we stopped them we do nothing with it okay we t- got them turn over on downs huge play but we did nothing with it so we give the ball back to them then boom interception by guess who Xavier Watts almost returns to the house one play touchdown you know who it was. So he punches it in. 
Then USC gets the ball back. Interception immediately. It, it, our defense won this football game. Okay? Uh, I don't want to make this all about Twitter. I'm going to end with a lot of Twitter stuff. But it'll be fun. Don't worry. Um, I don't want this all to be about Twitter. But the USC seems to think that fans seem to think that, you know, USC lost the game for themselves. They gifted Notre Dame some turnovers, the fumble, the interception, as if the defense had no role in what was happening at all. It, it, just, it, do, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right, when you say it like that. Like, Notre Dame dominated this game without question. Caleb was running for his life the entire game. And you're coming down. It's kind of the closing out the half. You're like, all right, we got to stop USC. We can't let him get any points. Benjamin Morrison gets the pick. We go 50 yards. Touchdown. Again. And you felt like, all right, here we go. 24-3, route on. Let's go. And then the weirdest thing happened at the end of the half when we gave him three points. I, I say weird. We got a sack. We thought the half was over. We got guys dancing and celebrating. And it, Freeman had to call a timeout. It's the right call. It's the right decision. He had to do it. Uh, but we go to the half 24 to 6. Now, here's where I got a little frustrated with the offense. All right? It's 24 to 6. You get the ball first. You got to have a plan. Okay, Peter Parker? All right? The, the Peter Parker offense needs to go away. I want Spider Man. I don't want Peter Parker anymore. You got to come out of the half with something. Not three plays, three yards, and a punt. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. And I know people are saying, well, he just missed Holden stays. Hartman, that is. Missed Holden stays and tried to get it to Mitchell Evans. That's one play. I just... Luckily, we still had USC's offense running in circles. And they punt. Then we punt it back to them because we can't move the ball. And then we let them go down and score. And you thought, this isn't good. All right, we've been running through them all night. And now they go down and score and make an uh, 11-point game. But then finally, our offense shows signs of life with, excuse me, shows signs of life and actually moves the ball 68 yards. And our boy... Finds Chris Tyree on a 46-yard touchdown pass. And hype train back in full force. Notre Dame is up 31-13. It's like route on. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, because USC immediately, I say immediately, that's not true. They, there's two possessions and they go down to score again. And it's like, we, what are we doing? And now, 
the 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 one touchdown that was because of a a long punt return by Zachariah Branch and credit to McPherson for making that tackle, but it still resulted in a touchdown. Whatever, but after that play, after that touchdown, it's kind of funny, you know. Our our kicker just stepped up huge, stepped up huge and tackled supposedly fastest guy on their team. And they're they're like, all right, hey, all right, thirty one twenty, you know, we just had a big punt return, we got a little bit of momentum, but let's get this. And then, oh, jeez, To Darien, the price is right. Come on, Dan. You're the next contestant on score a touchdown for Notre Dame football. That was awesome. That, like, that's when I felt like, okay, guys, we got this. When they had all that working for them, and Darien Price shows up, 99-yard kickoff return. It's beautiful. It's just... That's how you answer the bell. That's how you step. All right. We took a punch. That round is over. Let's go. And boom. We hit him. And then we stopped on downs. And then boom. We got a field goal. Spencer Schrader. He's actually turned out to be a pretty solid kicker. It did not start off great. And we still need him to keep kicking like he's kicking. But get another field goal. And then just to put a little cherry on the top of the Notre Dame defense absolutely destroying USC, you get the strip fumble, one play. Like USC's probably thinking, like, okay, all right, let's just go, let's figure out a way to get points. You know, maybe something crazy will happen. And it did, something crazy did happen. And Xavier Watts came to play. X Factor, Agent Zero, with a. Fumble recovery for a touchdown. Game over. Go Irish. And this is one of those games where it's like when I talk to my uh, the kids I coach. I'm, I'm now an assistant coach. I'm not a head coach. But even when I was the head coach of Coach Pitch Baseball, you know, my favorite games weren't the ones that we won 15 to nothing. And just absolutely annihilated the team. Which, this did happen for Notre Dame on Saturday. So that was doubly awesome. But my my favorite part of the the way we won, whether we won 48-20 or if it was 48-45, what I enjoyed the most was everybody contributed. Everybody contributed. Uh, Every side of the phase of the football game contributed. Like, Special teams, offense, defense. And I will talk about the offense here in a second. They got to do a little bit more, but there were some good things to to definitely highlight. But at the end of the day, Price with a kickoff return for a touchdown. Watts, two picks and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Estimate two TDs. Hart, two TDs. Tyree with a long touchdown reception. You know, uh, uh, Jordan Faison with a big reverse. Everybody... Did something, 
And that couldn't be more highlighted with the six sacks. And the six sacks were by seven different people because there were some half sacks involved. But everybody contributed. Bertrand, leading tackler, half sack. Leofau, sack. Asafa Mensa, sack. Thomas Harper, sack. Riley Mills, half a sack. Jalen Sneed, sack. Bubakar Treyor, sack. We need to get him more action for no other reason other than we all get to say Bubakar Treyor. But I didn't. I know there were a lot of celebrities at the game. There were people. I did not see Oprah at the game, though. But it felt like she was there. You get a sack. You get a sack. You get a sack. You get a half a sack. You get a sack. You get a, you get a half a sack. You get a sack. Everybody gets a sack. And I, I only question I have is, were they close enough to see what was painted on his fingernails? And I feel like they were. I just don't know if they took note. But just, I was 11 tackles for loss, the six sacks. But just, my favorite part was everybody contributed. There was a a group effort. Every side of the football was doing something to help us win. But don't tell USC fans that because they'll tell you USC lost the game. Notre Dame didn't do anything special. Um, and if it wasn't for the Caleb Williams interceptions, the fumble, the kickoff return, and the sacks, USC wins the game and Notre Dame only scored 13 points. It's a hell of a way to look at a football game. If you just take out all the stuff that cost us the game, I mean, <sighs> game over. I, I told Louisville fans that. I was like, oh, my apologies. Because I owned, rightfully so, I owned the ass kicking we received from Louisville. It was not good. It was not pretty. I was wrong. I could have been more wrong. But I didn't realize how wrong I was about how I handled it. I thought I handled it very uh, professionally, I guess is a good way to put it. But I handled it like you should. Hey, got your ass kicked? Own it. My bad. What I was supposed to do was say, hey, that was a pretty good win for Louisville. But if you think about it, the truth is, if it wasn't for the Hartman picks, if it wasn't for the, the Hartman fumbles, if it wasn't for the turnover on downs and all of that, Notre Dame wins. I don't, I don't see how you see it any other way. Because that's how USC looked at it. And that's bananas to me. So they're like, well, your offense wasn't very good. And that's true. And we can discuss it. But at the same time, the offense didn't have to be good. They didn't have to be good. You only scored 20 points. Oh, that was because Caleb threw picks. Why did Caleb throw picks, everybody? Shout it out if you know it. Come on, give me the answers. It's because our defensive line was destroying USC's offensive line. They couldn't block anybody. That's because Notre Dame's defensive line is actually pretty good. Sacks, tackles for loss, forcing Caleb to make poor decisions. But they they say it like, oh, that was, we just gifted you that game. I didn't, oh, it was voluntary. I had no idea. Because gifts, in my experience, have been voluntary things that people give to other people as a show of appreciation and love and care and, you know, joy. It's not something that's forced. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, come on, what are we even doing? So I, 
I don't understand the idea that and Joel Klatt even came out and said, "Well, it was USC's offense just didn't perform. They just they didn't perform. It was very underwhelming, and they just, they, you know, they just they're, they're not clicking. Why? Because they actually played a good defense. Can can we over here? Hey, Notre Dame, Notre Dame defense right here. Yep, yeah. Wait, like a guy on a runway with the." I don't even know what they are. Those orange things flagging you down. Like, hey, over here. Yeah, we had six sacks. 11 tackles for loss. You couldn't run the ball for shit. 2.8 yards to carry. Caleb was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Threw three picks. Yeah, that was us. That, was a, that wasn't... He didn't, he didn't just... That wasn't a choice. He didn't roll out and go, you know what? I like the, I like the way that Xavier Watts kid is. I'm going to throw him the ball this time. That's, that's not how that worked. But... Whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We destroyed them. It was beautiful. They have yet to win. Or yet to win. They haven't won in South Bend since 2011. So that's pretty cool. We got our our boy. Uh, I don't even know the Twitter handle, but it's been so many days. Or can't spell suck without USC. It's been however many days since USC beat Notre Dame and... Uh, and that's going to keep going for another, I think he said, 412 days. So by the time we play again, it's going to be like 700 or something days. And honestly, if Lincoln Riley is insistent upon not having a defense and relying strictly on offense and quarterbacks that can do magic, uh, I don't see how they're going to win anything of significance or beat Notre Dame. They're on the verge of going whatever in three. Nine and three, I guess. Because they still got to play Oregon and Washington. And I believe they play them back to back. Let's take let's take a look, actually. Now that we're sitting here talking about it. Next they got Utah. And I really hope that they're still so butthurt about the whole Notre Dame thing that USC football's Twitter account's blocking everybody way better than their offensive line could ever dream of blocking. Like they should have told the offensive line, hey, we're gonna start blocking people. You should jump in on this. But uh, they're so still butthurt. But they got Utah next. I don't know what the hell Utah is. They're ranked, whatever. But they don't have Cam Rising. Uh, their statistics just don't add up to being successful. They just haven't played anybody of consequence in the Pac-12. Much like USC hadn't played anybody. But they put up all these terrific numbers. Then they played a real defense, a real team, and got their shit packed in. So... USC's got Utah. Then they play Cal. Then they finish the season with Washington, Oregon, UCLA in three consecutive weeks. They can fucking go eight and four. And I'm here for it. I am here for it. Listen, our what they do does not affect us anymore at all. We are 10 and 2. Well, wow. Can I speak that into existence? We can go 10 and 2. 10 and 2 is not good enough to get to where we wanted to get to, all right? So, whether you, I, I know my dad is always a big proponent of, well, you know, we want our opponents to build that strength of schedule for us. So, we got to beat them, but they got to win all their other games. But I think he would even say, like, you know, USA can go 0 and 12, and that's fine. But I want USC to absolutely crash and burn and go up in flames. And I'm going to keep calling out their fans on Twitter. Because 
they are, it's funny, there were none of them. Like, there were no fans. You got a couple chirpers here and here. They are literally talking more shit and running their mouth more after losing 48-20 to than they did before the game. That's crazy to me. Now, you could argue, because I saw some logical Notre Dame NUSC fan banter that said, hey, we're not running our mouths too much because we don't know what the hell to expect. And that was very truthful on Notre Dame's side. You know, you didn't run your mouth too much. There were some things you kind of expected you could count on a little bit, but you just, I don't know what's going to happen. But USC kind of had some of that too. After the game, you lose 48-20. The few that talk shit, you get called out. And they stood by and just would not back down, not acknowledge Notre Dame had a good game. Notre Dame didn't do anything special. Notre Dame still sucks. Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that. It's like, you know you lost 48-20, right? That's a a weird position to have. That we're going to blame your own offense for gifting Notre Dame all those points. Now, before I get into my last segment, which would be fun, let's talk about the offense real quick. The reality is we only had one drive over 50 yards. A scoring drive. Well, one drive. <laughs> that is the other ones were punts. But we only had one drive over 50 yards. Now, it was an important drive because that's when uh, USC had just made it 24-13. Notre Dame comes right back. Boom. You punch us. We punch back. Go 68 yards. and makes it 31-13. But... It's crazy. I realize the turnovers play a huge role. I get it. So, but it's if you look at it just factually, Notre Dame had more scoring drives of 12 yards or less than they did of more than 50. And that's that's not a recipe for success cuz like I said, came out of the third quarter that you just had a whole half to prepare and be ready and we did nothing. Three plays, 3 yards punt. We got to see something. Like, we saw glimpses of it. You know, there's a nice pass to Flores. I forget how many yards it was. It was his only catch. Uh, Let's see. The Flores catch was for uh, 24 yards. And then you had the big Tyree catch for 46. But after that, like, these are the long receptions for our receivers. Eight, seven, seven, four, four, one. Obviously, some of those guys only had one catch. But, I mean, Tyree had 62 yards, 46 of it on one catch. Uh, it, it seems very not what we saw the first four games. First four games, we had a quarterback that was averaging over 11 yards per pass attempt. Now he's dinking and dunking, and it's... I. I don't know. It's six, it was 6.3. Now, the, the the flip side is he didn't have to do all of that thing, those things to win. And when USC scored and they were put, pushed up against the wall, they did come back and score and you know answer that, that touchdown, right? But we we got to see more. We're, we're playing, coming up against teams that just aren't that good. Uh, we got Clemson. Uh, I shouldn't say that. You know, we got Clemson coming up. But first it's Pitt. Then it's Clemson. Then it's Wake Forest, Stanford. Uh, we 
we got to see something from the offense because if you don't, and that that'll be like off season talk. But what are we gonna do at the offensive coordinator position if against the second worst defense we've played? Because the only one that was worse was Navy. And reminder, we put up forty two against Navy, but it did not look like this. It was a very different forty two. It was a forty two where we had four hundred forty yards of offense. Hartman threw for two fifty, but was nearly what ninety nineteen to twenty three, whatever that adds up to, four touchdowns. Estimate six yards of carry, ninety five yards. Like that's what you do against a horrible defense. We didn't do that. Uh, we had too many three and outs, too many punts, and the forty eight to twenty is beautiful, and that's because everybody contributed. But if our defense wasn't our defense. What does that game look like? I don't know. Because we should have been able to do something more. We should have put up closer to 60. If if we had USC's offense, and we were doing that defensively, I mean, Harvin didn't get sacked, guys. Like, we played a really sound game. But it felt too much like the old offensive strategy, which is, don't lose the game. Be conservative. Don't lose the game. So I, I hope coming out of the bye week, when I'm in the stadium, we got something to get a little crazy about. That's what I want. That's that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, and I don't even know when. Uh, I'll probably throw out a podcast before I head up to the uh, Indiana area because I'm, I'm staying with Joe. And me and him are going to knock out a podcast. I don't know if it'll be pre-game, post-game. Not really sure. But I do want something to be excited about offensively when we get to that stadium. So that's my offensive little nuggets. But I had to end with just some fun. All right. So I, I put a question out. What do we think Caleb had painted on his nails tonight, Saturday night. And it had to be 10 letters or less because you only got 10 fingers. It's kind of like the license plate rules. You got to fit the character limits. And I didn't put this out to... I don't know how much response I was going to get. What You guys delivered. I'll tell you that much. You guys delivered. I'm just going to read these off. I didn't really read all of them prior to. But uh, let's see. We've got... I'm not going to read all the Twitter handles, too. That's Oh, what the hell? Let's do it. Uh, at FBNL2381. He wrote in, Caleb's Nails said, sucks to suck. Uh, then you got my boy uh, from Sluggo, who put a gift that says, wow, someone's obsessed. First of all, that's too many letters. Second of all, if you don't want to get made fun of for your nails, don't write fuck ND the year before. And then we absolutely destroy you and make you look embarrassing. And we finally, we finally gave a a player the uh, lose the Heisman moment because we always gave him the win the Heisman moment. Well, now we just gave you the you're done with the Heisman moment, and it was beautiful. So, Casey, I appreciate your contribution, but wow, someone's obsessed. Too many letters doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> at George Gip lives. Call mommy. I like that one. I do. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, 
at this not come. Uh, this was mine. So he put INT by Watts. That was kind of mine. I put Watts INTs. That's what I feel like it should have said on his figures. Um, at F-L-I-N sports fan. So Florida in sports fan, Flynn sports fan. But uh, he put throw to UND. That is, this is so great. Like, I just love it. We can have fun. See, this is what happens when you win. You get to have do this. You get to talk about uh, what did he have painted on his nails. All right. At Kakalaki SC to Machine. Be honest. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we got Irish Mike Comedy. At Irish Mike Comedy. Am I following you? Because it says comedy. Yes, I am. All right. Sweet. I love comedy. So, at Irish Mike Comedy, I got owned. I like that one, too. That's a good one. Uh, at JGM Irish, throw to ND. That's a common one. <laughs> I like J H of Maryland. I like this guy. I don't know, but a bunch of... <laughs> so... <laughs> what did Caleb have on his nails? I don't know, but a v- bunch of NDD linemen do. <laughs> That's so true. Like, we may not know, but if the D linemen were paying attention, they absolutely know because they were harassing their shit out of him all night. It was wonderful. At Irish underscore CFO, no two times for me. At Drum in Nurse. Yeah, at Drummond Nurse, I am exposed as a not Heisman contender. Oh, I at Irish CFO with the second entry. I hate Watts. <laughs> That's a good one. I just hate that. I hate him. I would too. Um, at Z N I Heart. Oh, there it is, Zach Nyhart. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Z Nyhart fifty nine blown out. I'd say so. Forty eight to twenty sounds like a blowout to me. Um, at great tweet, G R R eight tweet, three ints. That's a good one. <laughs> at the scum hater, I'm a bitch. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, let's see. At Pope John the Twelfth, we we got a Pope in the mentions. Did not even see that coming, but he put very simply, not Heisman. That is true. Oh, see, great tweet with a second entry. SoCal sucks, you know. And I I learned this. This is interesting. Uh, I did not know that Southern California, USC, does not like to be called Southern Cal. Uh, Lou Holtz pointed that out. And he pointed out by saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that they found that offensive. It's, I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to you know, be uh, politically correct or, or hurt anyone's feelings. So with that said, um, I apologize to all the Southern Cal people. <laughs> He's fantastic. Uh, Lou Holtz. If you don't love Lou Holtz, I don't know what you're even doing. So we, we had some of those. And then we had more. Hold on. Uh, where, where was the other one? 
I, there, there's more. We're not done yet, folks. Let's see. Because uh, I commented on another poster's USC post pregame. And then I asked him, what does he think he had? Caleb had paint on his nails. And the responses were not from him. But the, uh, let's see, we've got Find Watts. I like that one. Oh, Red Snapper. Our boy Red Snapper, Joe's brother. Wendy's $5 box. Because I think he's doing Wendy's commercials, isn't he? That's beautiful. <laughs> so at Red Snapper, 909. $5 Wendy's box. Uh, this one's good. At Josh Wahlberger. Uh, poop pee. <laughs> That's it. Poop pee. Uh, Benny at Golden Is Thy Name. I'm a fraud. At everything nd underscore overrated so that's how you you know that's how you want to end this type of show but i do have to because the usc fans aren't stopping and here's the beauty of it you know what we have an entire bye week as fans to just sit back relax i have no reason to move on from the usc hate so much so that I found a, a song that applies to them more than any other. Like, okay, Ohio State fans are a bit ridiculous. Louisville fans are a bit ridiculous. But here's the deal: they won the game. What? What can we say? Ohio State, good job. I wish I could talk shit to you. I wish I had something to say, but I guess you can kind of be a little bit of a a punk because you beat us and we got nothing. Louisville. Same deal. USC? I Even the Notre Dame at Ohio State, the Notre Dame fans at Louisville, we kind of tone it down a little bit because what can you say? Like you, you have to accept it, right? USC fans, not so much. This is where they're at, all right? This is the, the uh, wonderful... That's what I think of the USC fans that don't seem to understand that they lost 48 to 20. Fuck you and fuck you the most. Oh, that was, by the way, that was the explicit, most explicit version of this episode. But we don't bleep out nothing. We send it all as it comes out of our mouths or as our speakers. But yes, UFC fans, fuck you and fuck you the most. That was fun. I hope you all enjoyed it. I can't think of a better way to end this episode other than talking about what Caleb may or may not have painted on his nails and F-U-S-C, F-U-S-C the most. Until next time, five for nothing, 
Hunter nothing. Out.